Things My Wife Sends Me, episode number nine. That crunching in the background that you're hearing is, uh, what, cantaloupe? No, not cantaloupe. Cabbage. Cabbage, yes. It was the C word. Turning into sauerkraut, which you like. Right, turning into sauerkraut. Apparently. Which you like, but you won't admit that you like. I I won't admit that I like (coughs) the sauerkraut? Yes. Ah. We, I don't know how long of a show we're going to do. Normally we do a 30-minute show, but we have so many different things to talk about. It might be a little bit longer, plus I don't know how long it takes to make sauerkraut. I don't know. I mean, this is kind of intense because I'm basically turning cabbage into cabbage juice by hand. That's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. So all that noise that we're hearing in the background essentially is you mashing the cabbage into juice. Yes. By okay. the end of this, this should hopefully be, like, mostly juice and a little bit of leaves. All right. So maybe we won't worry as much about the time and we'll kind of use the cabbage as our timer tonight? If you like, although I, I think last time it took me, like, 15 minutes, so okay. I, don't, I don't know. Okay, so maybe it'll be the normal 30-minute show. Let's go then. with it. Let's start with GOP houses moving to require the Library of Congress to use the term illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to illegal alien? As opposed to... Yeah, I have to actually take I think, a I think that's what it said. Um, let's You're supposed see. to read these things. I did read it. Okay. It's it's a little bit late at night right now. Okay. Um, it's yes, illegal. Is it? Yes. Oh my God, that's why I'm. Yeah, I That's why on. I'm feeling asleep. Go on. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, in March, the library said the term illegal alien had to take had taken on a. I can't even pronounce this. It anymore. makes you think of, like, outer space. Is that kind of what they're saying? It's saying P-E-J-O-R-A-T-I-V-E. Pejorative. Pejorative term. Yes. Yeah. I'm just looking up pejorative. Expressing contempt or disapproval. Mm-hmm. In recent years, and it could, in fact, refer to those from another planet. Right. That was their justification of not using the term illegal alien. Mm-hmm. So, because they're saying alien could be misconstrued into outer space, the requirement is now using the term illegal immigrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the library instead decided to use the term non-citizens and unauthorized immigration, mm-hmm. uh, which Democrats wanted to keep. But because the GOP House now has it as a requirement, Library of Congress will be forced to use the term illegal immigrant. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know really what to say. All the stuff is so messed up. Yeah. I I can't blame anybody for running here to another country or whatever if they're escaping problems. But... You do have to play by the rules. But it's kind of like, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but it makes me think of that article I sent you about the old technology and the government. Oh, yeah, I have and that like, coming yeah, up. Yeah, I figure. No, but just as a side note on that, like, you know, I, I, I'm sure that that partly plays into, in some level, the lack of order and organization yeah, exactly. in the system. Because, like, we were talking tonight about like, Canada, I was looking up what it's like in Canada, and I supposedly, from what I understood, they kind of rank you by number before they even let you in. So right. it's kind of like you, you get a uh, rating. So what would anyway, be an example? An example as far as what? How the rating system works. I don't know. I told you that before. I don't really get it. It didn't make much sense. They gave, they gave an example of somebody who seemed to be successful enough who wouldn't meet the number requirement. Right. You said it was a single person who was in college. No, no, no. It's like in his 40s. He had a bachelor's degree, you know, at least a few years of work experience. But I I really don't know. I didn't research it long enough to understand what they look for in people. Yeah. Anyhow, if if this country, the United States, is using really old equipment to keep track of things, I'm sure that partly explains why it's not keeping track of you know, who's running over the border and who's not. Yeah. Uh, New York is going to allow some undocumented immigrants to teach and practice medicine. Mm. I mean, in one way, that's 
good. In one way, it's not. That one kind of freaks me out um, because different countries have different standards. Right. And I, I don't really have a very high opinion of doctors anyway, to be perfectly honest, mm -hmm. uh, because I think that medical schools these days are probably not as high quality as we would like. Right. And also there are a lot of sort of incentives for doctors to do things that may not be proper, you know, if just for their own best interest, like prescribing certain med medications that may be harmful so that the doctor would get payment. They're aiming this policy at those who entered the U.S. before they were 16 years old and have been here continuously since the year 2007. Mm -hmm. So it so won't it's not, it's not like it, it'll happen from now on. It's like from people from before. Right, and it's not a legal immigration status, but it pu puts off any type of deportation. Oopsies. What happened? No, it's okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. It's fine. That's okay. right. Eat it, eat it, please. Eat the, eat yeah. the exploded cabbage? Eat the cabbage, please. All right, hold on. There's some everywhere here. All right. See, so you're enjoying yourself. All right, I'm eating the cabbage. All right. We should get back to the story. You keep going. How much cabbage do we have? Not that much. It's just some of it jumped out of the bowl. Okay. Alright, I'll finish this cabbage. Okay. Okay? All better? Yeah, cabbage is finished. Okay. Alright. Where were we? You're talking about immigration and doctors and all that. Oh, yeah. So... There's a big fight over it because essentially <coughs> they're saying that because these doctors are bilingual, they can ease state shortage on bilingual teachers mm -hmm. and services. Right. And because the school leaders right now have problems or especially doctors with wait time because their patients can't speak English. Yeah. I can see that. I just feel, again, like, as long as these people are contributing to, to taxes and all that, because the rest of us are getting taxed through the nose. Yeah. I mean, I, I have nothing against helping anybody who needs help. It's just, like, we're barely keeping ourselves afloat. Yeah. So if you're going to come in and take advantage of the system, you really need to find some way to contribute. <laughs> so, in this case, they're advocates to immigration agents saying to stay away from students. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because essentially, kids waiting for the school bus are prime targets by immigration deportation offices right. to uh, send them back. Right, or to sort of like ask questions of them and you know, figure out where they're living and stuff. Right, and follow them home and then deport everybody. Right. And they're saying it's a really awful practice. Yeah. People are just unsure how this enforcement is actually helping solve the immigration problem. Mm -hmm. But... It's I don't know if any of this is helping. I mean, clearly it hasn't fixed the situation yet. They, they just keep trying to be more and more aggressive with it, but I think it's really underlying things. You need to have some kind of policy. Some, some, I don't know. I mean, the country wants to offer refuge to everybody. Right. Not everybody, you know. Everybody's kind of in a very strange state right now. But there's got to be a better way than just being aggressive on people. Because clearly that's not doing anything. I mean, if you are strong enough to run across the border and all that, you know, and, and survive conditions in that part of the country enough to get to where you're going and all, you know, you'd probably be strong enough to deal with officers coming after you. That's not going to solve the problem. As, so as a result, Capitol Hill will be discussing this over and over again, trying to understand the issue that's taking place. Mm -hmm. But yeah, kid kid waiting for a school bus could be picked Incredible. up. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, how else are immigration office supposed to do their job, quote unquote? Right. But I don't that doesn't mean that it's a good idea. Yeah. 
Speaking of school, a Swiss school board has ruled that Muslim boys must shake hands with a female teacher. That was very bothersome. Yep. And, and if they refuse to shake hands with the teacher, uh, for each teacher, they will receive a fine of $3,830. The parents. That's really problematic. That's also going to impact Jews and people of other religions who have whatever customs. Right. It's like you kind of have to conform. The, we run into that. I mean, like, there's sort of a, you know, a philosophy in a lot of Orthodox Judaism that if you're in a business situation and a man and a woman need to shake hands, you know, you need to shake hands so it's not to make the other person feel awkward. Right. But in some situations, you know, you, you can get away with just being like, oh, I don't shake hands. So uh, what's interesting is the Federation of Islamic Organization in Switzerland actually defended the board's decision saying that politeness should be part of the Islamic tradition and refusing a handshake is considered inappropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, however, the Central Islamic Council of Switzerland criticized the decision, saying the, the authorities are grossly overstepping and claiming the measures won't help the integration of Muslims into Europe. The council said it will take legal action should the school levy any punishment against the boys who refuse the handshake. So here we have two separate Islamic organizations that are, that are saying two separate things. Mm. One saying we're going to defend and the other one saying the boy should be uh, ashamed of himself. Uh, Swiss was mentioning that the public interest concerning the equality of men and women as well as the integration of foreigns significantly outweighs the pupils' freedom of religion and belief and that the social gesture of shaking hands is important if pupils are to be prepared for their working life. Mm -hmm. That's the argument but that the I, school gives. I think there's gives. another argument. You know, I don't know what the kids are learning at home, but... You can teach your kids to to work on ways of not shaking hands if that's how you wish to be while still being, you know, civil, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's, that is, in itself is a life skill because it's like, you know, if that's something that you hold important to you, you may as well start learning how to deal with it in social situations at an early age. No, because even... And that's what school is supposed to be all about. Even I know, know uh, Jewish-wise, from what, what we know, it's... It, it becomes tough sometimes, but it's like as people understand the reason why. Well, absolutely. I mean, but I, I think you take different perspectives on that than I do sometimes. Right. In other words, I usually see that if, if somebody's going to be embarrassed by it or feel really awkward or uncomfortable or whatever, then you just shake their hand. You know, you're a little bit more protective over that, but like, but that's, you know, you and I have developed different philosophies on that but that's what I'm saying like for these kids you know you need to sort of experience the world and figure out what's comfortable for you but having somebody else sort of tell you what to do prevents you from figuring out that dynamic but but at the same time the one thing that's that's interesting is that they did the boys did state that they only feel comfortable touching the women whom they will actually marry right which and and they're, they're trying to showcase kind of like the, the way that I've been taught, which is just respect for right, and that's fine. Your spouse, and, you know, you should have respect for your spouse. I'm just saying that, like, you, you know, you need to find some way to communicate that. If that's how you feel, you know, to communicate it to whoever you're not shaking hands with, so they understand it. Uh, it just it depends on you know on to what extent you want to keep that, and to what extent you're you know concerned about just like. What, what people are feeling around you. What's interesting in society, though, if you go and you say, I can't shake hands because of religion, at first they they need an explanation. But if you mention, oh, I'm a germaphobe, I, I can't shake hands because of my disability, all of a sudden no one wants to go near you. And they're like, full, full respect. Right, well, but maybe that's, you know, one method of dealing with it, if that's how you have to deal with it. I'm just saying that, like, you know, for the school to tell the kids that you have to shake hands, right? Yeah. The kids well, don't want to do it the other way. They're immediately being forced into a situation. They're not being given a free choice to explain themselves. No. They're being told that don't, if you don't do this, you will be punished. Whereas if they didn't have that rule, they would be put in a position where they would gradually learn to explain the reason 
why they won't do it. Right. Which is a really important life skill because in the, you know, grown up world, you know, you can't really just get away with not explaining things. Right, that's that's the key, is just making sure that you're aware of how to, to explain it. Because this could have been a big teachable moment by the school. Exactly. And it, instead it ended up becoming a threat. Right. With a gun to the head. That's But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's religious liberty and all that. I don't know. But this isn't even the U.S. We're talking about... No, of course not. But, Swiss. you know, you, you're also saying, like, in the U.S., well, you explain things to people and they understand. You know, maybe in different parts of the world it's not so simple as that. You know, maybe... I mean, I haven't been in Europe for so long to really absorb such things, but maybe it is taken as disrespectful if you're not going to shake somebody's hand. Right, I mean, I remember case. finding people in, in certain countries when I was traveling a few years ago to be, like, extremely polite. And I was like, this is just abnormally polite compared to what I'm used to from this country. So it might so have to do with social norms. Exactly. So so that's what I'm saying. Like, all, all this stuff is just, you know, who like, who are we to really, you know, make a conclusion on it? Um, but I, I do think that for the school to, to make a rule like that does kind of cross the line. Yeah. More than 30 states are offering online voting, but experts warn oh, that it isn't secure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just, just to sum it up, they actually tested out voting during the primary. Uh, so uh, have they have been using it so far? They tried it in Utah. Okay. On at the Re- the Republican Party decided to experiment with it. Uh-huh. Um, so, as a result, the voters tried eight or nine times to unsuccessfully get into the system. Some clicked to vote for a candidate, but then were sent to another website. Wow. When they clicked on it, mm-hmm. some thought they were approved to vote online, but they actually weren't. Mm-hmm. Thousands had reported they lost their 30-digit personal identification number required to vote that had been mailed to them. In addition, um, if the 30-digit personal identification number was emailed, it was accidentally deleted or caught up in their spam where they couldn't figure out where their spam was located. Hmm. So all in all, it sounds like it was a, a big success. Sarcastic. Yes. Yeah. The whole thing concerns me. It's just so easy to hack things these days. They're hacking everything. I mean, I, I feel like after all of the issues they've had with elections over the past several years, I just shouldn't trust it. Well, well, here's here's but, the, the okay. joke though. Yeah. I I said success. Yeah. The chairman of the Republican Party of Utah, who led the effort, actually did call it a success. I'm sure, because that's what people do in these situations, because they want to make themselves look good. Right, they're but saying... What, I, what I've been thinking is, like, every time I hear, to be honest, every time I hear, like, another poll or another primary where Trump wins, I, I'm feeling that suspicion of, like, something is rigged. Well, it's over. Because he won. I understand that, but it's just felt to be very rigged all along. Mm. It's like every time because I'm seeing so many people who are freaked out by the guy. Yeah. You know, maybe it's just being in the Northeast that, you know, I do run into people who like him, but they're much less common. I feel like people didn't vote in the primary. Right. Either people didn't vote in the primary or, you know, like I said, something is rigged. Uh, so or somebody is being paid off, which I really wouldn't be surprised with this entire thing. The, the head of the effort said they're proud to have taken a leadership role in election modernization mm-hmm. uh, and said by offering online voting we've expanded the number of options that citizens have to participate to make voting as convenient as possible and technology will prove key in engaging citizens and bolstering de- democracy in the future but See, the other thing that would be interesting is if you could you know if if they had computerized voting machines you know in voting places I, th- I mean, that could still get hacked. I would hate that. I agree. I'm just saying that if they really feel like going that route, it's possibly a little bit easier to control than everybody's individual computer. At the same time, if the national, you know, like, 
the government computers are 50 years old. I don't know if that's really going to be yeah. so safe. A, a third of the people who actually tried to vote online were unable to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't sound like a success to no. me. not at all. Along with this, this is something that most people aren't going to necessarily understand, but we can talk about the cultural significance of it. Okay. Anonymous donor placed a centerfold ad displaying 140 causes for the current shidduch challenge. Oh, this was hilarious. You're going to have to explain what a shidduch is. Like. Yeah, shidduch is essentially a, a shankhan, somebody who's a matchmaker, makes matches. So that's essentially what the shidduch right, is. So a shidduch is a match. Yes. As in, like, a blind date kind of thing. Exactly. And literally, it's going through the list of all the reasons why one date would say no to another person. Because the thing is is that, like, there's this thing called the shidduch crisis that's been supposedly going on the past few years where it's, like, people are having a hard time getting matched up. Yep. And there are a lot of different factors that play into this. So this, um, you know, article, ad, whatever, was sort of poking fun but very seriously actually at the fact that people are missing out on perfectly good matches for really stupid reasons right they're saying like 77 reasons that you as parents didn't allow your daughter to go out with him right and they mentioned stuff like he wore the wrong type of hat Mm -hmm. he drives his parents car he prays too quickly he prays too slowly he went to the wrong type of school he didn't learn in israel he went to college. He didn't go to college. No matter what right. is being listed in here, essentially what they're trying to prove is everybody's coming up with reasons for uh, people not to get married before they even have a chance to meet. Right. It's just so sad. I think in, in a lot of these cases where people... Number one, when people are having dating trouble, it's because they're still learning to understand themselves. And what they really value. And I think that if the kids in, in these situations really understood themselves, it would probably be much easier. Then again, when you're, you know, kind of under the hand of a matchmaker, you probably have a little bit less say in that. But you still choose who you're going out with. What's interesting, though, in our parents' generation and grandparents' generation, a lot of times it was social clubs that caused the matches, not necessarily these you resumes. Just, like where people met. More Na- people naturally. met naturally. There right. Were, well, this I mean, resume is a new thing. Right. And I mean, that's how we met is just we kept running into each other. Yes. Over and over no, but, again. But seriously, I, I see these people filling in these resumes and it's like, you know, the reality is when, when we met, like we were very, very opposite in a lot of ways. Totally. Like we really didn't like each other for a really long time. Yep. Um, and it just somehow worked. So it's like... For, for people who expect to find the perfect specimen, I mean, it's just not going to happen. On, like, on from, paper, we would not match together. No, not at all. And, I mean, you're you're very quirky and you're very, like, you know, I'm, I guess I'm quirky too. But, like, you, you know, you don't even function the way I function. Like, nope. you don't You don't have the same interests. I don't even know why it works, but it just works. Right. But the thing is... But that, that's why, like, that's working because, I mean, that's worked for a long time because, like, you know... What somebody looks like on paper is completely different from how they are in person. Exactly. And that's a big problem. And, and I, I think also people are too, you know, especially these parents who are looking at, like, you know, in in the community right now, it's in many cases a situation where people are concerned about what other people think of them yep. and what other people say of them and all this stuff and wanting to find, like, the best scholar and all this, but, like... At the end of the day, you need to be happy. I mean, just just going on the other side of the coin, because I started off with the ones of why uh, the daughter wasn't allowed to go. Right. In the, in this case, why the daughter's not allowed to go out with the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, why the guy's not allowed to go out with the daughter. Right. Uh, her clothes are too drabby. Her clothes are too colorful. Her skirts are too long. Her skirts are too short. She wears no makeup. She wears too much makeup. She wants to wear a fall. She won't wear a fall. She'll only wear a fall in the fall. Right. Well, you know, this is all, you know, look-related things. But I, I do hear that all the time in reality. That's why this list is so hilarious, because, in, like, a sad way, because, you know, I've heard of them asking on these questionnaires, like, what dress size are you? 
Ew. You know? No, seriously. And, like, you know, only picking girls who are, like, really, really tiny. Which is not even healthy. I mean, it's at some point... It's gotta stop. Yeah. I mean, this is why people are not getting married. It's just, it's like the same thing that's happening in the secular world. It's just people are very confused with themselves. And, you know, even if, if you find somebody who seems to be right, they, you know, for you, based on you know it yourself, they might not be, you know, ready to know about themselves. Here, I love this. Too many siblings, not enough siblings, has unmarried siblings. The parents are divorced. The parents should be divorced. But and- you, you hear that kind of thing, too, like where where people will talk about how, like, well, they have a sibling who got in a car accident or has some kind of illness or something, and then all of a sudden their own prospects are, like, destroyed. Because of nothing they did. Right. It's all because of outside appearances, which is really ironic in a horrible way because Judaism emphasizes that you shouldn't speak negatively about other people and you're not supposed to judge and all this stuff, and... I see so many people doing just that. So let's take this home now to what is kind of going on in society. Okay. Right now in society, I would say that it's definitely shifted. Right. We're, I don't necessarily think it's just a problem within the Jewish world. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think a lot of the stuff shifted around the same time a few years ago. Right. I mean, it's, it's been starting for a really long time, but I think it's definitely coming to a head where people are, are just very, very lost. Yeah. And I don't blame anybody for being lost because this modern world is extremely confusing and we're all working crazy amounts of time and don't really have time to sit back and think. Yep. And I think that our parents' generation was kind of confused with itself too and, you know... One thing leads to another. Exactly. Let's move on to the House passing a bill protecting circumcision ritual slaughter, mm-hmm. which is absolutely amazing. After a long fight, it looks like circumcision may actually be able to go through without a major problem because there's been increasing calls to end circumcision and ritual slaughter, but the U.S. is making a stand. I'm glad they're doing that. Protecting it. The question is whether that stand will sustain itself over the next few years, depending on who gets into office. Right. That scares me, because it's like, what they always say is that, you know, one, one group receives hatred, like, you know, the Jews will be next, so to speak. Um, because that's just how it's always been throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, they they have said that anti-Semitism has gone up dramatically in the past several years. <clears throat> yeah. But it's, it's interesting that they're going to try to combat those that have been preventing religious freedom. Right. Another law would protect dyslexic children Mm -hmm. that's based on a Yale study that cites that anywhere from 5 to 17% of school-aged children are dyslexic. Wasn't this just in Rhode Island though? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yep. So, literally, Rhode Island passed a law that's identical to a Senate bill that's actually before a committee that they're hoping to be called Decoding Dyslexia Rhode Island. I think this whole thing is amazing because I don't really know what happens in schools these days as far as testing for dyslexia is concerned, but I've, I've heard from what I understand that, like, it's not tested very much and people really fall behind for it. It's, they- it's one of these things where, you know, to fix it isn't so complicated. You know, you just have to be open to teaching with a different teaching style and being a little more patient. So they're, they're saying essentially by doing this... It's going to take a few thousand dollars to identify the problem as opposed to the hundred thousand dollars to maintain them in a juvenile detention center once they commit a crime Mm -hmm. of something that they don't even realize what they're doing at the time. Right. Which is what they're realizing is happening more and more. 
Because, I mean, you've experienced a lot of stuff on your own to, to whatever extent. Right. We don't know if you actually have dyslexia, but, like, you know, we've been using it as sort of a tool to help you in, in certain areas. And, you know, we've definitely noticed that it's, like, your head works differently and you get confused very easily. Yeah. So we, we just hit the 30-minute mark. I have a bunch of other stories. Should we stop it here and save it for another episode or should we continue the problem is that by the time you save it for another episode it'll all be obsolete okay so i guess i'd go a little longer let's go a little my brain is definitely getting soupy but i guess that's more entertaining well uh, i guess it is at the same time i don't want the brains of those listening going soupy as well I mean, right. at that point, they could always pause it and listen to more later. Yeah, that's that's Not true. Like so that way they can divide. That way they can divide it in half. Right. All but right. I don't think it would be. You know, it would not make sense to like save stories from like last week for three weeks from now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. End of tape one. Right. <laughs> Beginning of tape two. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, welcome to. Seriously. Things <laughs> my wife sends me. <laughs> I didn't know how else to okay. to get them. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Prepared for that. All right, fine. We'll just keep it all part of the same episode. So, North Carolina school system is proposing a ban on skinny jeans. Mm. Yeah. 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 What was the reason again? Well, they're saying that the bigger girls were being bullied oh, right, because right. they're tight jeans. But you know what? It's just going to be something else next. Exactly. I mean, I experienced this in high school because our school had a rule, like you weren't allowed to wear jeans, right? You weren't, mm-hmm. you, they had specific kinds of clothes that you were allowed to wear and weren't allowed to wear. Yep. So it was like, I couldn't wear jeans. That would put me in like khakis or something that just was not working for me. So I, you know, decided to wear skirts. Right. Okay, so, so let's say everybody, for whatever reason, decides to start wearing skirts. Yep. Then you're going to have another issue, because one skirt is too short, one skirt's too long. You know, what? they're going to end up, like, doing yeah. this for every kind of clothing you can wear. On social media, one parent actually accused the school board of body shaming. Mm-hmm. And another person wrote, who was a student, asking the board... Um, if they would buy her mm-hmm. a new wardrobe. Because mm-hmm. I guess her entire wardrobe no, seriously, is skinny jeans. I've been through this. It's horrible. Yeah. Because you're used to wearing the same thing. Like when I, when I went from middle school at a different school to this other school, it was like I, I didn't have any clothes that worked for their dress code. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. But as a result of the many comments coming in, the school board vice chairwoman is recommending that the proposal be brought back to the policy committee for additional discussion. Mm-hmm. Well, that would probably be smart. Yeah. <laughs> New York City is testing park benches with built-in charging stations. I All I have to say is yay. We, we have some of those. Aren't they like... I think I saw them at like Harvard or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's solar power mm-hmm. connected to a bench. Right. And you can <clears> plug your device right in there. And the battery of the bench is based on how the sun is hitting the bench, Mm -hmm. which is brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty smart. I love it. And it's protected from weather and all that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's coming from an initiative called Park Without Borders. Mm -hmm. Yep. To try to make underused areas more accessible and welcoming. Mm -hmm. They're spending $24,000 on the project. That's a lot of money. It is, but once again... It's not energy coming out of the community. Mm-hmm. It's from the sun. Right. So if a bench is not able to charge, it means the sun was not able to... They picked the wrong spot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So anyway, Stephen King is among writers that are signing a oh, Trump protest this. letter. I thought this was awesome. Yes. Yep. Uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty intense letter too. I don't know if you're gonna read any of it, but I'm, it was like, I I was very impressed with the wording. I I didn't didn't necessarily read the entire letter per se, but I did read the posts on uh, Twitter, and some of the posts are brilliant. Like Donald Trump is the crazy ranting uncle you hope your friends will never meet. <clears throat> I can no longer tweet about Trump that anyone in America would ever consider voting for this rabid coyote leaves me speechless. T-shirt idea for the Republican convention, the devil made us do it. Vote for the omen. Oh, 
conservatives who for eight years sowed the dragon's teeth of partisan politics are horrified to discover that they've grown an actual dragon. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump. There hasn't been a novelty act this annoying since Alvin and the Chipmunks. (laughs) How's this for a new Trump campaign slogan? If you're white, you're all right. Any other hue, I don't trust you. Mm. And finally, Stephen King graced us with Trump, the raging eyed of the Republican Party. Seriously, though, their letter that they wrote was amazing because it was just, it was very pointed. It was very, like, it made me think of um, kind of like the Bill of Rights and things like that. All right, fine. Here, I have the letter. It's not a long letter. No, it's not. It's got 19,185 signatures, Mm -hmm. along with 450 U.S. writers. Right. Uh, And it says, because as writers, we are particularly aware of the many ways that language can be abused in the name of power. I'm not going to do this justice by reading it. Just read it, and everybody can look it up online. And then it's they can read it in their own voice. Yes, because amazing. we believe that any democracy worthy of the name rests on pluralism, welcomes principled disagreement, and achieves consensus through reasoned debate. Because American history, despite periods of nativism and bigotry, has from the first been a grand experiment in bringing people of different backgrounds together, not pitting them against one another. Because the history of dictatorship is the history of manipulation and division, demagogy and lies, because the search for justice is predicated on a respect for the truth, because we believe the knowledge, experience, flexibility, and historical awareness are indispensable in a leader, because neither wealth nor celebrity qualifies anyone to speak for the United States to lead its military to maintain its alliances, or to represent its people, because the rise of a political candidate who deliberately appeals to the basest and most violent element of society who encourages aggression among his followers, shouts down opponents, intimidates dissenters, and denigrates women and minorities, demands from each of us an immediate and forceful response. For all these reasons, we the undersigned as a matter of conscious oppose unequivocally the candidacy of Donald J. Trump for the presidency of the United States. Sign, and then it's a long list of famous writers. Just amazing. That are still alive. And, you know, people should pay attention to this, too, because writers are very thoughtful people, generally. I mean, you kind of have to be to sit there with your, you know, writing utensils for hours and come up with stories. Yeah. Anyway. No, it's it, it is, it is quite quite amazing, mm-hmm. the list of signatures that they have, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And on. Yeah, that's yeah. a long list of signatures. Yes. Wow, and they've reached their goal of ten thousand signatures. Crazy. I don't know what that goal represents, but. Isn't it you know for it to gain notice? No, I don't no. know. I know I know there's like some threshold number where it's like. You know, you it becomes valid. I guess so. I don't know. I I don't know. Anyway. I I I'm not okay. completely sure. That's right. Anyway. Moving on, moms who post on Facebook are a lot more depressed. I saw that. Yeah. Apparently. No, it makes a lot of sense because it's like they're they're putting. I mean, you can get more details based on the article, but. It's like they're literally putting all of their experiences out for everyone to see. Well, actually, they're saying that it presents women with new ways to do motherhood. Right. Uh, or to perform their gendered role online for an audience. Mm-hmm. And to receive feedback on their performance right. of their motherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And the study that they did looked at the most stressful months of parenting because that's usually when people post the most. Right, like, you know, when people are going through postpartum depression or or particularly susceptible to it. Yep. They analyzed 127 women 
and they were able to reveal that mothers were concerned with the external validation for the reasons of posting of themselves as a mother and those mothers believing that society holds them to excessively high standards of parenting. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure also, you know, I think they said the, the majority or, or a good chunk of these people were, are working full-time. Um, and nothing against full-time working mothers, but, like, I'm sure that you feel a sense of sort of guilt, right. you know, for not being home. So it's like, you know, for you, you feel a need for validation. Right. But the interesting thing that they also stated is that... The ones that ended up feeling the most pain were white women. Mm -hmm. Which they don't, they don't necessarily have. But didn't they say that the study was entirely conducted with white women? Well, they, I thought I read that. I might be they said um, that there was, well, let me just check for a second. Yeah, actually, that might be the reason why. Yeah, they said the size of the study was really small, mm -hmm. and they just focused on white women that were highly educated. Mm -hmm. But they were using it to back up previous studies indicating that Facebook can undermine people's well-beings. Uh, mm -hmm. And that Facebook is associated with greater parenting stress for new mothers. I can see that. So I don't know if it's a very good study. Even if it's very strong. Yeah, no. I mean, because it doesn't really um, approach a big enough cross-section of the population. Correct. That's, right. that's the I, part I that got to me. I do agree. I wish that they did it with a bigger group, and I think that they should moving forward. But I do think that it proves a lot about, you know, how social media can be distracting when you're just trying to live your life. Right. 87% of the women that were interviewed were married. Mm -hmm. Which means that there's a good percent not married. Right. I'm guessing that might have something to do with the, the depression. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. It's just weird, though, that, that it's like, oh, okay, they happen to be posting on Facebook, so... And they have depression at a higher level, so that might be the correlation. It, it can all correlate... For a whole number of reasons, but I do think that when you sort of put yourself out there like that, you know, at a time when you really just need time to yourself, yeah, it's not such a healthy thing. How's the juicing going? It's actually good. I'm getting it in a jar right now. Okay. There's a lot of juice, believe it or not. All that shredded cabbage turned into juice. Yay? Yay. Does that mean I'm going to have to drink the juice? We are going to be eating sauerkraut. For the rest of my life. <laughs> Yay. Shall we get to the main event? What's the main event? Government spends billions to keep antique computer systems running. Uh, yes. What? So we had an interesting, or I had an interesting theory about this, like with this whole thing with Clinton, whether, you know, with the, um, using personal email. Yeah. You know, whether that had anything to do with this and whether it was just a case where that was the most efficient method of sending messages or, you know. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that make sense? Like, if, if that's, if all of the computer systems around you are not working, and that's the only method of you delivering information as fast as possible. Well, we have to explain a little bit more about this. Okay. That essentially the government had, they're using vintage computers. Right. In practically all aspects of the government. Right. They're yeah. expected to spend $7 billion on modernization in 2017 less than in 2010. Mm -hmm. So they're working to figure out exactly how to replace the systems. Yeah. And some of these systems are more than 50 years in some cases. Crazy. Yeah. Which I can't even think of what the computer systems were like 50 years ago. Right. Like, wasn't that like when they filled an entire room? They were filled in an entire room, and in some cases, they were just light bulbs, or they had punch right. cards. This whole thing doesn't make any sense. Right, which means they're using floppy disks, they're using punch cards, right. they're using carts and all kinds of systems that we do not use 
in today's society. Plus, their computer probably can barely hold anything. That's what boggles my mind. It's like, you know, never mind the security aspects and all this stuff. Like, you know what those computers could do? Hardly anything. Right. So it really doesn't make any sense. So let's look Defense Department's computer. They're running a 1970 IBM computer platform using 8-inch floppy disks to store their data. Because the computer can't handle the data. Which means that if any of the floppy disks go, then there goes that data. Right, so it's even less sustainable. Because like, I had a thought of, like, well, you know, if nobody knows how to use the technology anymore, then, you know, I guess that makes it more secure, right? Because nobody can get into it. But it's like, it, it really is self-destructive. Yeah, the Pentagon is claiming that they're looking into it and they're planning a full replacement of the floppy disk by the end of next year. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Good luck. Right. Is that the, because this report came out? Who knows? <laughs> Treasury, let's go to them. Okay. They have all kinds of master files of taxpayer information. Mm. The system that they're using to store the taxpayer information is 56 years old. Wow. Using an outdated computer language that is difficult to write for and maintain. Wow. So... Treasury at some point plans to replace the system but has no firm date, mm -hmm. which means whoever is currently employed that knows that language is making a huge payday. Right. Where they could just use that money towards getting more to date systems mm -hmm. that are more secure. Let's go to Social Security. Oh, God. What? Go on. What about Social Security? Oh, go on. You said, oh, God. There's I'm tired. Reason. Go on. Okay. Social Security has a system that's using a old programming language known as COBOL, which is from the 1950s. Mm. Wow. Right. Most of the employees who develop these systems are actually ready to retire or maybe even pass away. Right. Right. And the agency will actually lose the collective knowledge of maintaining the system when those two events take place. Mm. If either of them take place. Well, Retirement or death. Right. Right. Um, and training new employees to maintain the older system is actually taking more time than necessary because the new trainees never learned the system in school. Right. And the system and the language is so backwards to what today's devices can do. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but Social Security Department has no plan to replace the system at this point. Mm. That's so sad. I'm sure that's why all these terrorist attacks and things are getting, you know, are happening. Right. So they're planning at some point to eliminate and upgrade older components to these systems. Well, like a new floppy disk? Yes. Wow. But the other thing is they also plan on uh, convincing and rehiring retirees who currently know about the technology. But that's only going to last for so long. Correct, until they die. I mean, they're going to have to come up with some solution. They're going to die at some point. Right. 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 As, go as good as this plan is, it's not a very good plan for the Social Security right. Department. Let's go to Medicare. Mm -hmm. It's only 11 years old. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, they are having trouble with the growing number of appeals. And they have general plans to keep updating their system depending upon what funds they're given. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing that the Department of Defense is having these really old, ridiculous systems, and yet Medicare's like, hey, we're, we're pretty good. Mm -hmm. But our defense, no. Easy. Transportation department. <laughs> now, this is the best part. The hazardous material section of the transportation department. Okay. Information system using to track the incidents and keep information that the regulators actually rely on is using a system that's 41 years old mm -hmm. with a vendor that's no longer supporting the software. Mm -hmm. And as a result, there are major security risks because the software is not getting patched. Right. 
uh, then they're planning to overhaul that system in 2018. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. So they're estimating at least 80 billion spent on information technology in 2015 is probably a low number. Yep. And that 80 billion wasn't for new machines. It was for the people to maintain the machines and replacing parts in the machine. Craziness. But not new machines. Craziness. Right. Uh, Not counted, though, which is really great, uh, Pentagon systems, as well as those run by independent agencies, for example, the CIA. Mm-hmm. And other systems known as IT investments in the government jargon. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. So the federal government runs the risk of just continuous problems to maintain everything. It's just, it's just really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Republicans on the floor said they agree with the issues that are happening, but they first want concrete evidence that new systems will actually save money. And it's a difficult problem because the government technology projects have mixed records and as a result, Democrats are finding that they're going in circles. Mm -hmm. Because the Republicans are trying everything they can to balance the budget, Mm -hmm. which is important. Right. But... It can't happen, frankly, if they're going to keep this up. Right. I mean, they're literally running on really ridiculously old systems. Yeah, I I can't even fathom what version they'd be using. I mean, Fall, I know it could be like Windows 3.0 or... Or who knows what. So... With 1 a.m. approach, or here, it's 1 a.m. It's 1 a.m. and the sauerkraut is done. It's 1 a.m., the sauerkraut is done, and I guess that means our show is done as well. I think so. I think my brain is done. Your brain is done? My brain is done. Oh, no. Sorry. Oh. Pickled with the sauerkraut. Your brain pickled with the sauerkraut? I'm tired. That's a problem. I know. Oh, no. All right, so I guess we should say goodbye to everyone? Yes. All right. And? And good night, everybody. And? Oh, I love you. I love you, too, and? Oh, uh, always listen to your wife. That's right. Yes. We'll see you guys next time.